Hey, and welcome to our episode on Love, Simon. This is the outside story. My name is Jonathan. I'm Jessica. And I'm Larry. And today, as I said, we're going to take a look at the movie Love, Simon, which is about a high school teenager, Simon Spear, who is keeping a secret from his family and his friends and all of his classmates. And that secret is that he's gay. This summary is coming from IMDb. When that secret is threatened, Simon must face everyone and come to terms with his identity. So let's get started. What were some of your initial thoughts after watching the film? I thought it was very long for, for this type of movie. I feel like the story didn't really even start until after he came out or after, you know, basically after he was out, like, I feel like that's when the movie started to, like, pick up, and I was like, okay, like, this is what I was going, like, this is what I was looking for, like, I knew, I know they had to, like, set up everything, like, for, like, that to happen, but I just felt like it just took so long to get there, I mean, obviously, you don't want to rush it, especially when you're storytelling, but I felt like there wasn't a lot of depth in, like the events leading up to the climax of the story, you know, like him coming out. So that's where my, that was my initial thoughts. I mean, I thought the film was good. I mean, I wasn't think, I didn't think it was like Oscar worthy, but it, I mean, it was a good film overall. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm actually on the opposite end of the spectrum of that. I actually thought they, I thought this film was fine, like the way it was paced and everything. Uh, the setup was, uh, I agree, it was just slightly slow. It did take a little while to kind of get it going. Once, like, the first setup was kind of over and then the whole uh, blackmailing thing started happening, that's when I felt the story started to pick up a little bit because you start to, you start to kind of see uh, Simon really interact more with the the other side characters and such because most of the time he's really either emailing Blue or just kind of in his head most of the time. But, like, you start to kind of see how him holding this within him starts to affect everyone else around him and then when it eventually gets to that point where it's like okay everyone knows but like not to where it's like uh where it's out of control and such and so i thought it was fine i thought it was well paced uh i i enjoyed the film a lot it actually reminded me a lot of like my own high school days or even college as well and so <laughs> it was like man like yeah i remember all these all these little uh all these little things that I've been through, that I've gone through, and all, all the things my friends have gone through as well. And it just felt really, it felt really real. The characters felt real. You know, you can see them in front of you. They're like actual people. And uh, I I liked that a lot. The story I felt was very human. The first time I saw this film was at like a, like a premiere. It was, um, they, were, they did a lot of live screenings Live screenings isn't the right word. They did a lot of like pre-screenings, like pre-screenings, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, before the actual movie came out to kind of help promote the film. And I actually got to meet the director Greg Berlanti and also two of the actors, Nick Robinson who plays Simon and gosh, what's her name, Alexandra Ship who plays Abby. Both those actors were there along with um, Greg Berlanti, the director, and I'm they, <laughs> yeah, they. Um, well, they, they came out, did a little intro, and then they showed the movie, and then 
they came back out and decided to kind of do like a Q&A. I was actually surprised that a lot of people who were asking Greg Berlanti a lot of questions. I thought that a lot of the questions were going to be fielded towards Nick Robinson, who plays Simon. And so I was really actually pleasantly surprised to see that a lot of people had a lot of questions for the director, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, my first impression after seeing this was I, I absolutely loved it. And I thought that it was really reminiscent of like old high school films. Like it made me think of like The Breakfast Club and 16 Candles, kind of that sort of feel, which was really cool because I feel like a lot of high school films like miss the magic that kind of comes from those older high school films. Like I can watch Breakfast Club over and over and over and still feel like I'm watching it for the first time just because it's so well done. And I feel similarly to Love, Simon. I felt like they did a really good job capturing the teenage years. Like, especially, I think it was the dad who, like, who had walked in on Simon a couple times, once in the beginning and then, like, once in the middle of the film. Um, like, he was, like, knocking on Simon's window. I thought that was so funny because I feel like in high school, mom and dad all <laughs> used to always do that to me. Like, I'm yeah. not expecting them to come out and then all of a sudden there's like open my door no knock at all and just like interrupt me and in whatever yeah. the heck i'm doing <laughs> speaking um, of which that just happened <laughs> i know right yeah and so like i felt like you know just the little things like that it was really it was really nostalgic to just kind of watch on screen and i feel like they did a good job capturing kind of like the the naturalness of those kind of interactions but overall my initial thoughts i absolutely loved it and and also watching having the opportunity to watch this in like a with like a pre-screening and with like an audience who like really really is into the film like just created this whole new atmosphere i guess to watching the film and you know because like people would cheer and clap and and laugh all at the right times and i think i think that just kind of added to the magic of the film for me mm-hmm. let's talk about simon and then, and also we can talk about Nick Robinson, the actor who portrays Simon. And then we can also, let's pick a couple characters that we really liked and talk about those characters. Sure. So let's see. Simon. I, I liked Simon. He was a very good character. And I think Nick Robinson did a great job just, you know, portraying him and really getting in, into those shoes because it's like, Simon is just like, you know, he's just... Uh, a high school kid a regular high school kid who just you know who has who's like everyone has secrets you know everyone has their own secrets and just kind of sort of everything he kind of goes through throughout the whole film when you know he's like he has his happy moments he has his really sad moments and he has his really his angry moments as well and uh, throughout the whole time I, i could really feel feel that from him and given his circumstances and given whatever occurs like it's a natural way to feel that way when it comes to those uh, situations and such and so i really like simon just as a character himself like he'd be like a really cool dude to hang out with you can see like he just loves his friends his he loves his friends and family and i think that's what i really admire uh, about him and uh it reminds me a little bit of my own interactions as well with other people and it got me really thinking about maybe all the things I've had close friends with and such, and it, it just reminded me of that. I really did uh, enjoy seeing that on screen because you don't really see that as much anymore. Like real human interactions, a real genuine uh, care 
for each other, and especially when, oh man, when, um, you know, when his emails got leaked and such, you know, everyone started to like, you know, contact him and such, but he just kind of kept pushing them away. I'm like, yeah, actually, like I was thinking to myself, yeah, I, I remember doing that. I've done that before. Whenever I go through something really tough, really hard, I would just end up pushing people away, you know, because yeah. it's like, I want to deal with this myself. I want to, uh, you know, I, I just want to be left alone just for now, even though I know I have so many people who love and care for me, you know, and it, just just seeing that on, on screen, it just got me really thinking like, yeah, like that's, yeah, I remember having that. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> it's just, it's great to see that also. And I think we'll just talk about Simon first and then we'll loop back around and talk about other characters. I think that's a good idea. I have a question or not a question, but I guess a like a comment to what you were saying. Like you said that like Simon really loved his friends and family. And and I think that that's, that's a really interesting comment. We're using the word interesting here again. That's a, that's a, <laughs> our <laughs> slogan. Interesting. interesting. interesting <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Uh, I think that's a really good observation, but then also in like kind of contrast how like, story-wise he he like lies to his friends you know right um like even though he loves them like this whole thing about his uh sexual identity and his coming out is just like it it like pushes him like to do selfish things and it pushes him to like think about like himself and how he doesn't want to come out yet but then he is being blackmailed by martin to you know to basically hook him up with Abby. And so if that doesn't happen, then he basically loses everything. And, and I think that that's a, that's, that's a, it's a good commentary on just kind of like LGBTQ identity and coming out that like, for some people, like just holding in tension, kind of that, like, Oh, like this is who I am. But then at the same time, like I'm not ready yet. And so I'm going to do whatever I can to like hide this or to, like push it away, even if it means like, like lying to the people who I love. You know, I just think that the movie captures that particular aspect of that journey really well. Just to comment on the whole family and friends aspect, what I really liked about this film and with Simon's character is that you saw him a lot with his family, and I really liked that, like the family aspect of how like close he was to them and I feel like in most movies now like especially like teen movies you only ever see them with like their friends and they don't really interact with their parents as much it was just really nice to see that you know his family was they loved him no matter what obviously they're for him that's what I really loved about that part of Simon's character I have this in my notes but Jessica as a mom I know I know your kids are in different seasons of life totally yeah, but yeah. like as a mom watching this movie though how did that make you feel like just the interactions with family and even watching like Jennifer Garner and yeah. Josh Dumel try to parent yeah um, like their children like how did you feel um I really liked Jennifer Garner's character I loved her as a mom and I just loved their interactions as a family because I feel like you know, like for us, like growing up, like, yes, like mom and dad were around, but we never really like played games or like watched, well, me, we watched some movies together, but like, I feel like just like the, for I guess Asian families, like the distance between like the kids and like the parents are like, it's just so vast. Yeah. And yeah. 
just generation wise like because they didn't have that growing up like I mean maybe some people did but just having like that really close-knit like I tell my parents like everything I feel like for us like we didn't really have that as much but I feel like now like we do because we're a little bit older and I feel like well just for me I don't know about you guys but like just like being close to like mom and dad like now I feel like it's so important I didn't have that like growing up like I want to be able to get to know them and you know like hear their story and things like that but um as a mom I guess for me it was definitely very like it was hard to watch I feel like if like my kids were to ever go through anything it doesn't have to be exactly what Simon's going through but it could just be like I don't know like mental health wise like depression or like suicide and things like that it's definitely very like heartbreaking to like see and and just that scene with like Jennifer Garner and Simon she they were just talking I guess something that really like hit me was that well not hit me but it was she said that like I kind of knew like you had something but like she didn't want to pry and like I get that I feel like I mean kids are the kids are so small right now and just thinking about like them growing up is a little terrifying because I'm just like, how am I going to parent them when they get older? Mm, And I feel like for me, like I'm going to have to be able to just like reflect on myself and like what I have learned and, you know, like just bring God into the picture and just kind of like figure it out from there. But yeah, those are my thoughts on that. If that answered the question, I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what the question was. Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I just I just wanted to know your perspective as, as like a mom, you know, like watching this. What kind of hit you and what, what kind of stuck out to you and stuff. And and I, I would agree that scene with Jennifer Garner is It had like, me tearing up. Oh, I was like, my, oh gosh. my gosh. I was crying like a baby <laughs> in the movie theater in, for that scene. Just because it's just, it's such a beautiful scene of like this mom who deeply cares She's the mom being a mom, you know, and loving her kid as much as she can without, like, being too overbearing. And I think it's just a beautiful picture of, like, no matter, like, what happens, this unconditional love for you is still going to be there. Like, no matter what you do, no matter who you are, like, I'm going to try to love you as much as I can. And I think that scene just captures um, just kind of that kind of unconditional love that I think everybody kind of just longs for, you know? And I think Jennifer Garner just played that scene so well. And originally, they were talking about this at the live screening, but originally that scene wasn't in the script. Yeah, Um, I read that on IMDb. And I was like, what? Like, why? Like, I feel like a film like this, it, it needed something like that. I mean, we had a moment with Dad, but it wasn't as big and like impactful as that scene with his mom i feel like if they left that out then the movie wouldn't the movie is impactful but it wouldn't have been like more like like emotionally like connected to like the story as much if they left that out yeah yeah and i think it was it was only after jennifer garner had said something (laughs) that that they decided to like go back and like write a scene like for the mom and for simon and I'm really glad she said something. And also, I don't know, uh, actually, I'll, I'll talk about this a little bit more later, but this, but these writers for this film is actually the same writers for the TV show This Is Us. Mm-hmm. So it kind of has that, if, it, it kind of feels that way almost. But, oh, okay. But yeah, so yeah, anyway, back to Simon. Simon is 
like to me a, a really interesting. <laughs> there, there interesting. I'll stay away from the word interesting. Simon is a really unique character in that he doesn't really fulfill the quote stereotypical gay in that he's not overly flamboyant and they kind of have their token gay person right in the film uh i don't remember his name right now is it ethan uh, yeah, yeah ethan, ethan that's right okay. mm-hmm. so ethan is kind of their quote token gay quote I should say stereotypical. And I think that it kind of contrasts this idea that like gay folk don't all have to be the same. And I think that's a really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's progressive almost, you know, for a lot of people who are not a part of LGBTQ communities or who don't have a lot of LGBT friends that all gay people don't look and act the same. And I'm really kind of glad for that. I mean, it also kind of has its problems as well, but I'm not going to dive deep into all that stuff. I thought he was a very likable character. I'm trying to think about what else I can say about him that you guys haven't said already. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. I liked his character. Gosh, I don't know. I didn't really give a lot of thought to him. but he's literally in the title (laughs) i know he's literally in the title but yeah i don't know yeah it's it's weird how like i feel like all the other characters really enhance this film more so than simon himself Hmm. um like simon is you know this film does revolve around him but it's always i feel the supporting characters who definitely add more depth to him because if this film was just about him, straight up just him by himself, and yeah, we don't I see feel perspectives, like it would have been really yeah, boring. Exactly. Because <laughs> like, no, well, because like that's just how it is. Um, because it's what it's the community around you or the people around you who can really, in a way, bring out the best of you. You know what I mean? Like Simon wouldn't have been able to confront or overcome these things unless it was the people around him who loved him yeah you know and even like later down the line when it comes you know to martin even you know what i mean his last act to help simon out like even that was a thing even though martin was would be considered like a um an antagonist or not i wouldn't say antagonist but like you know he, he was the character of conflict you know even right. that still fleshed out and brought out simon more than simon himself so yeah yeah is that it jess yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) okay all right jonathan what do you have for uh your favorite supporting characters because this film had a lot had a huge ensemble cast you got his best friends and then you got the faculty you got nick uh nick you got simon's family yeah yeah Uh, yeah you have all these characters so yeah, I, oh my gosh, I, I mean, I, we already talked about Jennifer Garner, but I love Jennifer Garner's character, even though she had, like, not that many lines in the film. I felt like she was just such a crucial and key character, um, and not not only that, but, like, her acting was, like, phenomenal mm-hmm. in this. You can tell she's a very seasoned actress from just that one scene, you know, that she had with Simon. So I would say Jennifer Garner's character, the mom, definitely. 
would be my like on one of my top characters. And I would also say that my other favorite character is the drama teacher. Like, oh my gosh, I, I was going to say that. <laughs> I love the drama teacher so much. I feel like she kind of stole the show when it comes to... Um, that cafeteria scene. Yeah, that cafeteria yeah. scene. And even like in the beginning where, where they were trying to do the musical. And oh, God. <laughs> she, was, she was so funny. Um, she just was definitely like, like a scene stealer. Right, right. Yeah. And yeah, I, I totally feel like Whoever that actress is, I don't, I don't know her name, but Natasha Rothwell, she needs some more stuff that's gonna like highlight like her acting. I, I feel like, I feel like she did such a great job, and uh, that character, Mrs. Albright, she reminded me a lot of um, kind of like teachers that I had when I was in high school who I knew would fight for me, who I knew cared for me, and even though like. I wasn't performing up to standards or even though like I may have been that awkward shy kid like they still believed in me and then I feel like Mrs. Albright kind of almost like the dream teacher slash perfect teacher you know yeah I would say Jennifer Garner and the mom and Mrs. Albright the drama teacher were probably my favorites. That's funny because I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> wow. Very original, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm hey, sorry. We can like, have, like similar opinions. That's I nice. know. <laughs> for, for some reason, like just her or his friends, like I just didn't love his friends. I'm, yeah. I just didn't love the characters they played. <laughs> and um, yeah. yeah, I just, I just didn't like them all that much. Like they were fine. But standout characters, I feel like it was, you know, the mom, Jennifer Garner's character, and the teacher, Mrs. Albright. Like, they were the standout yeah. characters for me, definitely. And for me, it was definitely hard to see Leah, Catherine Langford. Um, yeah. It was hard because I've seen her in 13 Reasons Why. So, like, I know her as that. So, it was very hard for me to, like, not put the two together you know what i mean because yeah because like she was so big in 13 reasons why so and then the other there was another guy um miles heiser he was also in this film and he's also in 13 reasons why so i thought that was very interesting that they cast him both but yeah, yeah. What, what kind of characters do they play in 13 reasons why i'm not familiar with that oh you haven't seen it yet Mm-mm. well she plays the main do you know what it, the premise is about don't nope you don't? Uh, let me read no, it real not. quick. Because I don't want to butcher it. It follows teenager Clay Jensen in his quest to uncover the story behind his classmate and crush Hannah and her decision to end her life. So basically, Hannah, Catherine Langford's character, she ends her life and she she records these tapes before she dies. But after she dies she has someone send it to each individual person like it basically goes through like all these 13 there's 13 tapes and the first person it goes to someone and then they have to listen to all 13 and then pass it to the next one so basically it's the reason why she ended her life like those are the 13 reasons why like and then that's how the story goes so like i see her as like hannah baker like it's hard to see her as someone else oh, okay. like but that's like I don't want to obviously like pit her as like that like forever like that doesn't define her as an actress. But that's that's what I just I associated her with. That's fair though, because you know, 
I think of like Zac Efron and how Zac Efron like kind of made it first as Troy Bolton in High School Musical. Yeah, for or a while, like Elijah yeah, Wood as Frodo. Like he's always going to be Frodo. <laughs> right, or Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter. Like these people are just kind of painted as particular characters and it's hard to imagine them outside those worlds. So yeah, I get that. You said you really liked the mom and the drama teacher. Yeah, I think the drama teacher, the scene where in the cafeteria where she basically like calls out those students and I was like, wow, I feel like she would have gotten in trouble for that. <laughs> but really? I don't know. But we, yeah, I mean, like for, I just, I guess like some of the language that she used, but right. um, it could have been, I guess, quote unquote, inappropriate for a school setting. But like, I get that. And I liked how real she was. Like she mm-hmm. wasn't playing. Yeah. Yeah. That scene, yeah. like, stole it for me. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I like her a lot. Yeah, I really like her bravery and boldness to just kind of call things out the way they are. And, yeah. and to kind of, like, when she sees something happening, you know, she kind of stops it yeah. um, from, from becoming something else. Because I feel like the audience is, like, a whole bunch of high school kids. It's hard for them to step up and say something. And even then, Simon was the only one who, you know, like, got up and was like, hey, do you want to say something to me? Um mm-hmm. Like, even his friends didn't say anything, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I wish we had more teachers who would just call out our BS, <laughs> especially in high school. Like, I'm like, can that be a job, like a real job? <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, you could be, like, a counselor and, like, you know, and get to know students that way and, like, kind of call out their BS. But you just, you just, there's always, like, a line, obviously, because they're students and, you know. Right, you kind of have to keep, like, a professional or whatever. Yeah, so, but anyways. Yeah, it's like superhero teachers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My favorite characters, it's weird. I actually like Martin and Abby. Uh, Martin, really? I know, right? I hate Martin. But, like, I feel like Martin was such... Like, without him, like, there really wouldn't be a story. But also, without him, like, he, he is so, like, cringeworthy. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh, my funny. gosh. I wrote that Cause... he was cringy. Oh, he's so notes. cringy. <laughs> it's funny. so cringy. It's so funny. Oh, like, dude, you're so bad. Oh, you're man. so bad. But it's like, dude, I know so many people like you. That's why it's, like, a fun. <laughs> I guess and, that's true. <laughs> and, like, that po- the scene where, like, he takes Simon to, up to his room, I was like, when he showed him his room, I was like, this guy's a total dork. I was like, he is not going to get this girl. But the scene, the only scene I really liked him in was the one when they were at the restaurant, the Waffle House. And he kind of, you know, made Abby, like, you know, declare or something. I liked that part. And I feel like after that, I was like, okay, he's kind of more likable now. But then afterwards, I was like, nope, 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 nope. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I liked Martin because he was... He's he's so real, but like you know, he's so cringy. <laughs> so it's like this weird dynamic of like he wants to get to know this girl more. But the problem with him though, he kind of imposes himself <laughs> onto her. I'm like, yeah, dude, you're doing it wrong, but right. <laughs> I feel for you. <laughs> so I I like Martin because of that because he's he's real. He made a very bad first impression, especially with the blackmail stuff. But like. The more we start to kind of see his character. And in fact, I think he's in more of the scenes more than his best friends. 
which is weird. But maybe just the way I'm remembering it. Even though, like, he, he always tried to, like, squeeze himself in or fit himself into, like, his, you know, his circle of friends and such. But it just wouldn't work. And even then, he himself didn't have his own circle of friends and such. And uh, just, just kind of that, just kind of watching and seeing that. And him kind of redeeming himself. Going, He went through this whole, like, redemption arc, too, towards the end. And when he started to realize just how important this secret was to Simon, all the stuff that Martin went through is nothing compared to what Simon is kind of going through. And so I, I really liked that redemption arc that martin had secondly abby was in the musical with simon but like you know his other two best friends weren't in it so i was just a little curious i'm like hmm. with that that actually created this dynamic relationship between simon and abby otherwise they wouldn't really be as close i feel um yeah i don't know if they really explained the circumstances but you know leah and nick and simon been best friends since forever but with abby it was just like recent and and with that you can kind of just see how abby was still able to fit in with this group of friends and still love all of them just as much and there's that football scene uh, when they're on the football field when when abby knew uh, simon's secret and you know she was like so how are we going to talk about this? You know, when they like when <laughs> yeah. it came to like checking guys out or something, right, right, <laughs> it's just like, I'm so happy I can talk to you about this stuff. And I was like, oh man, that's, uh, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah. But yeah. So like Abby just has this, this energy that I feel Nick and Leia would not have been able to kind of give to Simon. Abby had this more optimistic, more positive kind of outlook towards things just like Simon, Leia and Nick had their secrets, you know what I mean? But I feel like Abby didn't really have any secrets besides her parents thing. But I just liked those two characters a lot, even if Martin was cringy and Abby didn't really add too much compared to all the other characters. But I do feel those two were my favorite characters. So, Yeah, I really liked Abby too. Uh, what are some of the themes you guys you feel has been a part of this film like what is like one of the things that this film is trying to say either about like your relationship with your friends and family however secrets can like hurt others or yourself or you know can be self-harming and such so what do you guys think what are some of the themes that really stick out to you i think something for me that really stood out was identity and just knowing who you are and i feel like as a person, like, we all have, like, secrets or things that we don't tell people. And we always feel like if it's, like, a huge secret, like, once it comes out, like, people aren't going to love us anymore or they aren't going to, you know, see us, like, the same way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I feel like I that part was really big. And I feel like in the scene where Jennifer Garner and the mom and Simon, they were talking, she was just, like, reassuring that, like, no, it was Simon that said... Like, I'm still me, like... Yeah. It was it was good for... I think for him, it was good to tell himself and say that out loud. Um, mm-hmm. To say that I'm still me. Because I think that was really hard for him. You know, after, like, coming out, like, people seeing him differently. So, yeah, I think that was one of the big things was identity. Yeah, and that moment had just been, I think, right after he had gone back to school and all that stuff had happened... And, like, all his friends had left him, and Blue wasn't emailing him back anymore. And so I think that that was just, like, a really, like, a really magical moment for, like, the theme of family that, like, even though, like, his coming out or whatever on Christmas wasn't, like, he didn't get the best reaction from his family, 
they were still there. They're always going to be there, like no matter what happens. And that kind of gave him the courage to go and talk to Leah after his encounter with his mom. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I, I, I really like that too. Any other themes, Jess? Yeah, identity and just like really knowing yourself and loving yourself regardless of whatever yeah. the secret is. Yeah, that's good. All right, what about um, you, Jonathan? For me, I would say the theme of family really kind of like stuck out to me. A lot of the stuff that Jess, you were saying about like how he spent a lot of time with his family and like then that's not typical for like teenage films to see them a lot with their family and stuff. And yeah, and then just that scene with his mom and the scene with his dad as well. And just all the relationship building that they have. And like you said, just growing up in an Asian family, we don't really have a lot of moments like that. I think it's kind of different for us because our parents do kind of feel like they're just kind of our providers. And they just kind of, you know, make sure we have a place to sleep and a roof over our heads and food to eat. And then if that's okay, then, then they're doing their job. And so this image of family, like we've kind of, received from Western kind of media slash Western film, like all our lives, like our family should be like this. Sometimes it's difficult to watch, but at the same time, like, as you said, as we get older, like we're kind of learning how to do that with our parents and how to kind of like how Almost our parents like backtrack mm -hmm. right, and make up on like all the times that we did miss. Right. Yeah. Backtrack and, and get to um, talk with them and, and almost, almost like a, like, we want them to see us as adults, you know, and to be able to talk about stuff that we might not be able to, we might not have been able to talk about with them when we were growing up. And so I think it's just important, especially now, because we don't have our grandparents anymore. And so, like, we don't have their stories. We don't have the ability to talk with them anymore and to kind of hear, like, what they have to say. And so knowing that, you know, mom and dad are getting older, too, like, just the importance of family and like being able to make those relationships, just kind of build on those relationships and and have them as important parts of our life. I think this film was trying to just reiterate that, like, even if your friends abandon you and the whole world kind of seems to be going against you, family is always going to be there and family is always going to just love you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, one of the themes was... Definitely, like, one of those things with uh, friendship, because I've been through something like this before, where I've had, like, huge conflicts with close friends, and we would, like, take a break for quite some time. But then we would just come back and just say, like, hey, you know, what's up? And we would just, like, in a way, just forgave each other really quickly. And because true friendship, from what I've experienced, and pretty much what this film does, too, is, like, it can go above the conflict that you've had like you're willing to set aside those things because you both just love each other and that's exactly what happened with this film too with love simon and uh with simon and his friends because when he had his falling out and when he had uh when he wanted to kind of be be alone be by himself and when he even hurt his friends by trying to manipulate certain things and trying to keep things secret by being selfish when he felt like he didn't deserve them anymore because of the way he hurt them, they still came back to him and said, hey, let's get some iced coffee or something like that. You know what I mean? Like real yeah. simple, real easy, real, real easy. And yeah, it got me really thinking like, yeah, like, you know, that's how you know you're going to have those friends for life because those are the kind of friends whom you can always 
rely on, depend on, regardless of whatever personal conflict or struggles you're going through. They're the ones who will be there for you as well. To me, that's what stuck out the most. Yeah, I was going to say, like, their moment of reconciliation was actually, like, after the musical, Mm -hmm. when Simon had already posted onto the blog page that he was calling out Blue and saying, like, hey, I'm going to be at the Ferris wheel or whatever. Like, his friends knew that he was going to go by himself because, you know, like, there was nobody else for him to go with. And so they Mm -hmm. confronted him and was like, hey, do you want to go to the fair with us? You know, I think that 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 was really, it was kind of perfect, but the way they did that um it was it was good it was a good moment of reconciliation i think yeah all right so let's go on to the film elements so here we're talking about like the directing the the writing the dialogue the music the cinematography the tone all these little things that add up to what make the film as it is uh, yeah as it stands so yeah i think the biggest film element that i i think i would like to talk to you guys about is the way that they filmed blue um like throughout the whole film uh, what did you guys think of that like the use of technology and kind of the use of simon's imagination i guess for like who could be blue and and the blue hue you know on the screen whenever blue was talking what did you guys think yeah it, it was like painting a picture almost of what simon was seeing from his perspective and him trying to like really trying to connect the dots and try to figure out hmm, who is this guy because he doesn't really want to let me know who he is but i think i can probably figure it out if i really pay close attention and observe what's going on around me because you know he does have the setting or at least he, he can at least a uh, process of eliminate down to that and so him trying to figure out, like, okay, what is it? I really liked how they did that. And they really did kind of fill in the blanks for us as well. It's like, you know, I don't know, who is it? And then we start to kind of imagine what Simon is imagining as well. It's like, maybe it's this person. Maybe it's this person. But, yeah, I really liked that. I really liked how they did that. I did, too. It was um, really clever. And at one point when we did see, what the heck is his name? What a weird name. The the actual blue? Yeah, Bram. Yeah. Bram. I'm like, yeah. What kind of name is Abraham. that? Abraham. Okay, I was like, <laughs> huh? Bram. Anyways, but um You said you liked it. <laughs> yes. Well, you liked it or didn't like it? I did like it. I thought it was clever. But I was gonna say some more stuff. I don't know. I totally oh. forgot. <laughs> well they they kinda misdirected it at first. They did. You wouldn't think it was Bram at first. Yeah. But then there were so many hints, like, at the party. And I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure it's him. And then I was glad I was right. I was like, it. But then at one point, I also thought it was that one guy that he talked to, Cal, in the hallway. I thought at one point it was him, too. But anyways. I thought it was really funny, too, when uh, when Martin went and said, it's me, I'm blue. Sam says, no, you're not. <laughs> oh, that was that, so funny. It was really funny. <laughs> like, no, you're not. Nice try. I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> this is really uh, funny. And then Martin was like, "Yeah, I'm not. You're right." <laughs> he was yeah, just trying to make yeah. him feel better. <laughs> I know that was so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that was his redeeming moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I wanted to talk a little bit about that scene too, though the one where Martin actually confronts, or Martin waits for Simon after school and then apologizes. 
I think it's really important what Simon says there about like like our own stories and our own secrets and our own, you know, like like moments where he was like, Hey, like I like I had this one thing that was super important to me and you took it and, and you took it from me. You took this moment from me and now that moment is basically gone. It's almost as if like Martin took away like his privilege or his um, his right to share his own story. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think a lot of that happens not just with uh, queer stories, but then also with with like stories for other marginalized groups. Even you know, like for Asian people, you know, like people like other people tell our stories, and we don't get a chance to even tell our own stories. You know, and I think that something does get lost there. And even though like Martin apologizes and. And tries to make up for it. I don't even know if like if that even redeems him as much as we want it to. Just because it's so important for Simon to have that, and it was taken away from him in that very moment, you know. Right, but then I feel like that also contributes then to Simon's own story. And as he said, it doesn't have to be like a queer story, or it could just be like a secret in general. Like if you have a crush on someone, but then someone someone you know tells that crush you know what i mean like it can be as simple as that too you know same thing where it's like you want to be able to tell others from your perspective how it is you got to that point martin's in a way like spoiling everyone like about simon you know what i mean it's like when someone tells you a story spoiler too same thing so it doesn't really fully redeem martin i don't really think anything can but it does show that martin definitely does have some sort of humanity he isn't just some cruel he has a heart cruel joke yeah he has a heart you know he's he's a cringy heart but you know he has a heart (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree okay one thing that i didn't really like in the film like a film elements was the music when uh, i watch movies i typically pay attention to the music because i feel like music you know sets the tone sets the mood and like the atmosphere for like a scene and i feel like the music was just not that great Mm. or yeah just like the right songs weren't picked for like the right scenes or moments yeah i wish that was a little bit better i I don't know but um usually for me music is memorable and i can remember it but for this one the music for me wasn't really that you know memorable yeah i didn't really remember much of the music either it didn't really stand out but it didn't really like all me or anything so but I didn't like dislike it. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was appropriate, but I didn't. It didn't really stand out to me either. I would agree on that. Yeah, for me the music was fine. I mean, it wasn't stellar, but I think that there were some. There are definitely some tracks that stood out to me more than others. The I'm thinking about the track that plays when they first get to the high school, and it's just like this funky like music. And I think that that's. I think it's funny that that they chose that track because that's kind of how high school feels sometimes yeah kind of like awkward funky i thought that was a really nice track choice and then i thought that the jackson five someday at christmas track was an interesting choice for christmas i'm here i am saying interesting again i think it was a um (laughs) (laughs) i really like it i also wonder why they chose it it seems a little random because I feel like that song isn't that well-known. Maybe I'm just oblivious, and I don't listen to a lot of Christmas music outside what plays on radio. But I thought it was a good choice. I mean, now I, I really like that song, and it's one of my on my Christmas playlist because of this movie. So There's actually a job for... They're called, like, music directors or something, but, like, they actually pick songs 
or they would think of songs that are appropriate or soundtracks that are appropriate for that film and for certain scenes and such. And so, I don't know, maybe they just, it just didn't hit home for us, I guess. And it's weird because this film was released last year, correct? Let's see. It says 2018. Yeah. So, yes. March yeah. 16th. Yeah, early last year. So, so, a year ago, yeah. Yeah, pretty much a year ago. And, and, like, for some reason, I don't recognize any of the songs, really. You know what I mean? I only recognize one song. And it played in the background for, like, 10 seconds. And I recognized it. I'm like, okay, I know this song. But that was the only song I recognized. Everything else just kind of, like... You know, went through one ear and out the other. I guess it just didn't really stand out as much. Wait, which song was it? Um, the Whitney Houston? No, <laughs> it's it's um, it's this song called "Love Lies" by uh, Khalid. It, it was it's it's in like in the I forgot which scene it was, but it's so soft, like you couldn't even hear it. But it was just playing in the background. That was really it. It wasn't even part of the soundtrack. It was just a song playing in the background in the scene. Hmm. That's the only song that stood out because I know that song. You know what I mean? Like, those are the yeah. only songs that stood out. So, I guess for me, what drew me more to this film was more of the character interactions and the drama and the story. And uh, I guess the music was just kind of there in the background. Or maybe, you know, that's how you know it's good music, right? You just don't notice it. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely, I think, some like kind of like some nods to like queer and LGBT music as well. I mean, Whitney Houston oh, okay. being one. Right. And also there's a song by Troy Sivan on the soundtrack. And Troy Sivan is like a huge music artist in the LGBT community. And so, yeah, I feel like there were some nods. But then other than that, I, I don't really know much of the music either. So this film is based on a book, correct? Have you have you have you read it, Jonathan, or no? No, I have not read it, but it is based on the book. Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda. Yeah, and that's I have an interesting it. title. And then to yeah. change it to Love Simon, that's like yeah. polar opposites. Yeah, the other, I mean, the book title is kind of a mouthful. So yeah, and plus Simon versus the Homo Sapiens sounds like Scott Pilgrim versus the World, or you know, it, it sounds like it would have that connotation to it. So right. I actually do like. I would prefer the title Love Simon better. It's more appropriate because this is more of a drama character film, more so than something along the lines of like something versus the world. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> right. Yeah, it yeah. had that. Um, I wouldn't say rom-com, but like it definitely had like you know that high school teen film, and it, it kind of hit that genre very well uh, with the lighting, I guess the music, um, and a lot of the way they they interacted with each other as well, you know, like because Simon had those awkward moments with his parents, especially when they came back from the party, when Leia and Simon came back from the party, <laughs> the parents were talking to each other. They're like, "Yeah, he's he's drunk, right? Yeah, but he didn't like you know." drink and drive yeah that was and, funny and they're like are we good parents i'm like well we came out before curfew yeah so i think we are <laughs> oh my gosh that's something yeah. jason and i always say to ourselves we're like we're good parents aren't we <laughs> i i love that interaction because it felt it sounds like something more like current parents would say you know what i mean not like right. not, not like asian parents no, definitely not <laughs> asian parents and not not like parents you see way back in those high school films like in the 90s or 80s you know right right and so like it, it sounds like a yeah this is something what 2010s parent would say you know what i mean <laughs> yeah i i, oh, I really like that that was really funny yeah kind of like millennial generation parents or something yeah and, and i feel like it does definitely keep up with the times i do feel like that's appropriate 
you know, when it comes to whenever you make these kinds of films, or even if you decide to remake older films as well, like it's appropriate to take in the current cultural context. That way, the setting feels more real, and that's what I really enjoyed about it. So, I really like the writing for this film, especially like the opening monologue that Simon has,、mm-hmm. which is his opening email to Blue. I really liked that. I felt like it was really well written. It didn't feel awkward. It didn't feel. It felt like it was really Simon that was saying it. Like it was a teenager.、Yeah. I think that's sometimes hard to capture. And I felt like the writers did a really good job. I haven't seen This Is Us. Oh, but... you should. Yeah, I haven't either. <laughs> I cry like every episode, or at least、oh、tear、God. up. That's how good it is. Yeah, my coworker. Recommended it to me too. I'm like, okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> yeah, I I hear a lot of people say that like you know it's cryworthy and like every episode like you want to cry and stuff. But then I also am sometimes in a mood for not crying, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> um, and so I don't really want to sit down and cry every single time I put on something. But I hear it's good, and maybe one day when I feel like crying. Uh, I will put it on, but I want to watch it just because of how good everybody says it is. But I am keeping keeping it in the queue, you know, for now. But if if it is as well written as Love Simon is, or better,、um, oh, then it's I better. <laughs> did you not like the writing for this? I did、no. not like the writing at all. Really? Like, okay. Okay. I feel like I'm so opposite with you guys on this film. <laughs> I feel like it wasn't genuine. Really? Like, yeah. What, what, or I don't、who? know if it was the writing or the acting. Like I felt like sometimes, like especially the scene where you know Simon comes to his, he he came out already, and then his friends are like all mad at him because he lied to them and stuff. So they're、yeah. all in the street corner. He comes rolling up, and I felt like that scene was just not genuine at all.、Mm, and yeah, just like、yeah. their interaction was just kind of weird and awkward. I was like. What is going on with this scene? I'm like, it was just weird, and I was like, I don't like this. I was like,、mm, okay, I could yeah, see that. I don't know. Maybe it was just that scene that just like threw me off. But yeah, I was just like, I wasn't a big fan of the writing. Yeah, I guess genuine is the wrong word to describe it because I feel like overall, Love Simon is pretty much a quote perfect film in that it paints this picture of like. Oh hey, like there's this gay guy and he's coming out and like his family still loves him and his friends reconcile with him and all that stuff and so it, like in, in a sense it's it paints this really really like fantasy like everything's perfect you know sort of picture、mm-hmm. and so in that way、I、understand that it's not genuine but then I think that the writing is good and that there are some scenes that stand out more than others like like the scene you were talking about Jess like I totally agree like. I think that scene was kind of awkward,、um, mm-hmm. and and it almost kind of felt a little rushed.、Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I felt like they should have argued a little bit more, or just、right. I don't know, had more like interaction or just more to say. Yeah, but. I was just no. like, okay, like that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I agree. That makes sense because it would almost feel like Simon would have more to say rather than just kind of accept what his friends would just told him straight up. You know what I mean? Like. Simon wasn't able to argue his case as to why he did it. The, his friends didn't want to listen to him anymore. You know what I mean? Because they were just so mad at him, so mad at him that that he basically tried to manipulate their whole relationships and stuff. But even though that scene was like 
not the best. I do feel the reconciliation scenes were better, especially him with Leia. And it was kind of funny too how it kind of went up about it because Simon was jogging, right? And when Leia was like walking the dog or something, and, and Leia was like, "You never run. What are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. Yeah, and so I, I feel those moments are much better compared to their arguing scene because oh man, see, because when I had my arguments with with my close friends damn we would argue for like ever you know what i mean like so i i i could see that it just it wasn't really an argument it was sort of like okay it's one-sided and you can't rebut you can't say anything so it's just done so it didn't feel like maybe at that point simon felt a little powerless to do anything because he was already kind of upset with how everything was kind of going downhill at that point so maybe he just didn't want to deal with it but it was just more more blows to him more hurt more pain whatever that's kind of going through with him so i could understand why he didn't do it but at the same time like yeah that scene definitely could have been done better or maybe it needed like an extra five minutes of like maybe tension yeah or or them finding out you know what i mean another way because it was just over the break right that's when abby and nick decided to get together i'm like okay that was real quick (laughs) you know but yeah i i I see i see what you mean jess yeah, I definitely agree that it felt rushed and it felt like they were like, oh yeah, he needs to like have this scene with his friends. So let's just have it here and out in the street and then get it, yeah. done, you know? Out in the yeah. street of all places. <laughs> <laughs> right. And and, I, and I'm wondering now, like, you know, like what, what would that scene be like if, if maybe... They um, came over to his place or something. Yeah, and confronted right. him there, yeah. or like if they were, if they if they met at school, you know, yeah. Um, instead, I understand the significance of them having it because yeah, I get like, that. where it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because Simon always picks them up before school yeah. and stuff, and so like I understand the significance of them having that conflict then and there. But I, I do agree. It, I think the scene would have been. A little bit different if it wasn't done right out on the street and right. rushed like that. Okay. All right. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about? I think I also just want to say that I really like Greg Berlanti. He directs in this one, which I think he doesn't do a lot of directing. He actually does a lot of producing. Yeah. Um, he, he does more TV shows than actual films. So. Right. Yeah. He, he does a lot. Um, he recently did Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And then I think for like this upcoming year he's doing a whole bunch of like shows for like cw like flash and um, Mm -hmm. supergirl and all that stuff and so he has a really really big track record of producing a lot of um, television shows but not a lot of film so i think this was a pretty good kind of like start for him direct directing wise yeah it definitely had those tv elements to it too uh just the way it was kind of paced the way that the characters interacted with each other it did feel like it would be part of a tv show or like a really long tv show episode so i really really did enjoy this film i want to thank you jonathan for sharing this film with us it definitely did remind me a lot of my own high school college days yeah um, just so the way simon interacted with his his friends his family it's just really it felt real it felt like I was really watching what Simon was kind of going through. And it really was all from his perspective, of course. And they did a good job. All the actors did a great job. I liked just how human it was. In most situations, it's not as... It's not... Like, because I'm going to make a comparison to, like, K-dramas and such, which they make it super melodramatic and blown out of proportion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, They're this... extra. Exactly. And this film 
is a lot more like low key. It's very real, and I really did enjoy that aspect of it. It wasn't really, you know, <laughs> when, um, when uh, Martin outed Simon, you know, Simon didn't go through like this crazy long hour episode of you know being depressed and being angry, like what you would see in most other um, melodramatic dramas. You know, he had his angry moments. He had his alone moments. He had his uh. Moments where he just wanted to be by himself and such, and that felt really real because when we do kind of go through those things, when we do kind of go through these conflicts, and whenever we feel like all this stuff is going upside down, and and everything's just going downhill, like that's how most people would react. That's how I definitely would have reacted as well, and I really did enjoy that aspect of this film. It felt really real. It felt impactful in that way as well. And yeah, I really enjoyed just the way they connected with each other. I liked it. I don't think I loved it. I think it was an important story to tell, and、um, one that you know we haven't really seen in the movie industry. So I think like that part was important, and I really liked it. I would probably give it a seven out of ten, <laughs> only because for me, like a, when I watch something, like a lot of things. I don't know. I feel like everything has to like connect and and kind of just make the movie. And I feel like for me, it was just a lot of things. Like a lot of parts were missing, like in the writing, like in the music, and in like some of the characters. I feel like I was missing a lot of depth with like like a few of like the supporting characters. Like I wish there was just a little bit more that we got to know, but. I feel like we didn't really get to see that, but、um, yeah, overall, I think it was a really good movie, and like I said, it was a really important story to tell. Overall, I really love this film. I think that it tells a story that needs to be told, albeit like it's not perfect in that, like in that you know, it still has room to grow. But I think that it's it's a good start. I feel like there were some really really star performances by、um, Jennifer Garner, especially like I had mentioned, and also the actress who plays Miss Albright, Natasha Rothwell. I felt like she did amazing. I really like Nick Robinson as Simon. He he has this kind of like very charismatic, likable like aura. I felt that too when he was、um, at the film screening. Um, as well, and so, yeah. Overall, it was really well done, and it's definitely a movie that a lot of people haven't seen, or even a lot of people haven't heard about. But it is an important story, like I said,、um, that a lot of people do need to hear, a lot of people do need to see,、um, and I think it, at least for me in my collection, I feel like this goes in kind of the books with Breakfast Club and Sixteen Candles. It's definitely one that'll go down. In time, I feel like it's like a timeless high school film. So yeah, that's my thought. All right, awesome. Okay, so that's pretty much it for Love Simon. Anything else to add? Yeah, I, off with? I also um I was gonna do this at the beginning, but I forgot. Yeah,、me. I forgot、um, too. Where、right、we were in the middle of doing it. Yeah, yeah, we should talk about this now. Yeah, let's talk about like things that TV shows that we might be watching, or even movies that we watched that we recently that we really loved. Uh, maybe we could even talk about projects that we're working on. If we're working on any projects、mm-hmm. for folks who might be interested, Jess, have you seen Endgame? 
No, I told oh Jason God. this summer I'm gonna don't give me any spoilers. So don't tell me anything. <laughs> okay, okay. This summer I'm gonna start all the Marvel movies like in order. Okay. Oh my God. Because I cannot watch it. It's just <laughs> the timing is just so confusing. I'm like I can't. Yeah. I cannot. Like I watched the last movie I watched was Civil War. I didn't watch Infinity War yet. So I was like, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to start over this summer and just start from the beginning because someone oh, made man. a timeline of the whole thing. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow that. And I'll watch <laughs> oh, the man. whole thing. And then I'll cry at the end of Endgame. Yeah. You know, that's 22 films, right? That's fine. <laughs> I can do that. I have all summer. <laughs> you do have all summer. Man, That that's a lot. <laughs> okay. But um, yeah, just catching up. Did finish Endgame. But we're just going to keep it at that. Also watching Game of Thrones, catching up on that. Um, but I guess when that series is done, we'll kind of brush up on it. But lately, I've been really interested into time travel again for some reason. And then uh, I started watching this anime called Steins Gate, which is... Uh, I watched it back in college, so almost like seven years ago. And I watched it again, and I felt like I was watching it for the first time again. I was like, dang, this show is so good. Um, just because uh, of the way the characters and the time travel aspect and just all the little things that you start to realize, you know, if you mess with time, you mess with stuff like that, you're going to see a lot of the consequences and you're going to start to see that, you know, just because you can go back time and restart it again doesn't mean that it's gonna, it's not going to affect you, you know. And yeah, I just I, I just really loved that um, that part of of the whole show. And plus there's like a sequel prequel thing to it. So I binge that. I'm like okay that's just as good as the original too. But yeah so I've been really into this weird time travel phase. So who knows I might just uh, start a sci-fi binging all this other stuff. So <laughs> Yeah have you seen The Twilight Zone? No. I have it ready to go but I just haven't seen it yet. <laughs> you should watch episode 3 of The Twilight Zone. Which okay. one is that one? To do with time travel. The one with the, with the black mom and she has the camcorder. Oh, okay. Yeah. You should watch that one. It's about time travel. I've only seen the first one. Oh, Oh, the first one was so good, though. I liked it. Jason didn't. I was like, what? Really? He didn't like it? married to you? I was like, (laughs) what the heck, man? I was like, were we watching the same thing? Come on. (laughs) That's funny. I really liked the first one. I really liked it, too. Yeah, the second one, I watch it now. The second one, I didn't really like. And then the third one, I liked. But then I still feel like the first one was the best one. And I haven't seen any since then. I want to watch the episode with Steven Yeun in it. And then I saw the trailer, the one with the episode with John Cho. And I was like, that one looks interesting too. Mm. So I want to watch those two when they Man, come out. They're spending a lot of money for these actors. <laughs> That's a really yeah. expensive show. But, yep. you know, Jordan Peele. I know, Jordan right? Peele. You can't say no. Yeah, that's true. The yeah. name behind it, yeah, he can. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, if Jordan Peele asked you, you'd be like, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no questions asked. All right, Jess, what have you been watching? Um, I have just been watching my regular shows, my Grey's Anatomy, my Law & Order. This Is Us is done for the season. And what else am I watching? I'm watching two new medical dramas, which I actually really, really like. One is called The Resident, and the other one's called New Amsterdam. So I really like those because they're different from Grey's Anatomy because Grey's Anatomy it's it's more like drama that's like over dramatized you know like okay. cr- just like crazy stories 
but I like New Amsterdam and The Resident. They're just a lot different from Grey's Anatomy. And another, sh- uh, it's a sitcom. It's it's a comedy. It's called Single Parents, which I, Jason and I like really, really love. And we're so excited that they got renewed for a second season. Because <laughs> we were so scared that they're going to get canceled. We're like, oh no, they're going to get canceled. A lot of people don't watch them. But it's actually, it's super funny. And um, it's probably, it's, I think it's the only comedy we're watching right now besides Brooklyn Nine-Nine. But um, watching that and then... I'm also, have you guys heard of Killing Eve with Sandra Oh in it? I've seen trailers and stuff for it, but yeah. I haven't seen it. Yeah. I uh, I caught up with season one. They're on season two right now, but I'll probably just wait until all of season two is on Hulu to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I really, really like that one too. And I love, love Sandra Oh. She's such a good actress. And the storyline is just, it's really interesting. What is it about? Um, It's about, well, Sandra Oh, she works for like the... CIA or like some kind of like government agency and basically she's she's kind of like an analyst or like a she like studies like profiles of like people of like you know crazy like weird people who do stuff okay so um she does that and there's this person who's been like killing like an assassin basically has been killing all these people in Europe and they have to like try to find out and figure out like her figure out like her tendencies and things like that and try to okay. basically find out who she is so mm-hmm. yeah i really uh, like profile that. I think, yeah right? her profile, profile yes mm-hmm. there you go so she's a, like a profiler and yeah i really like that one and i'm excited for the second season because i heard it's really good too so um mm, that's cool yeah oh and then one more <laughs> you know did you guys see that trailer i sent you about the wandering earth the chinese film Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Jason and I actually, we watched it the other night, and I really liked it. Usually, I'm not into, like, Chinese films. I, I like Korean films. I feel like they're a lot better, like, produced, and just the writing is, like, a lot better. Yeah, the, the storytelling's a lot different between those two. Yeah, right? yeah. But I actually really liked this one, because I've never seen a Chinese sci-fi film so it was definitely very interesting to see. I mean, they still have a lot of things to like work work on, uh, like in that like genre. Mm-hmm. But um, I really liked it, and I think you guys should check it out too. Okay. Yeah, or at least watch the trailer and see if you guys would be interested in watching it. Yeah. Yeah. If anything, like Chinese films, like unanimously. Their storytelling is almost masterful storytelling in their fantasy wuxia genres and martial arts. Mm-hmm. That no one can compete with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With sci-fi, yeah, definitely something needs to work on for sure. Yeah, this was like interstellar, like on steroids. Like Wow. Yeah. No way. That's crazy. Yeah. It was it was a really mm. cool concept. Yeah, you guys should just watch the trailer. You know, Interstellar is like one of my favorite films, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not like story-wise, it's not like that, but visually, mm-hmm. um, it's. I feel like they did a really good job visually. I mean, some of the CG, I was like, okay, that looks super fake. Like, I know it's science fiction, but I'm just like, can it be a little bit more realistic? And that was like my only gripe. It's just the yeah. CG was just a little too much. All right, Jonathan, what about you? Um, let's see. I just recently finished Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I'm working on a blog to kind of, like a blog post to kind of 
talk about the first and the first and second season or parts one and two is what they're calling it on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working on that, and I, I I really liked Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. I think it's it's brilliant in its own in its own way. I am still in love with The Haunting of Hill House, and will play that in the background whenever I'm doing something. I know that might sound a little weird to play like a horror TV yeah, show on in the background. Yeah, that's a little creepy. <laughs> But the thing is, like, it's it's so well-written. And don't dismiss it, Jess, before you've seen it. It's so well-written. It's it's a beautiful story. And I absolutely love it. I don't think that there's any... I think that's probably one of my... Probably the best horror anything that I've seen. And so, well, that one's worth a watch. I'm currently watching through Netflix's documentary on street food. And so, I'm watching... That I watched the Thailand one, uh, and I'm on the Japan one. And then other than that, I'm waiting on Riverdale season three to come onto Netflix. And then I'm also needing to catch up on The Magicians. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm really behind. Yeah, I think they they released season three onto Netflix, and I think they're going to do season four if if they're not doing it already. Yeah, and then I watched Endgame, which was really good. I'm not going to say more because I don't want to spoil it for Jess. And uh, I want to see Detective Pikachu. <laughs> oh, okay. You know. haven't seen it yet? No, I don't know if I'm going to watch it in theater or just wait. Oh, um, it's, yeah. It's worth a watch, I'd you, say. You've seen it already? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I might go see Detective Pikachu, and then I might... I also want to go see Aladdin when it comes out, so I'm looking yeah. forward to yeah. those two. I recently saw The Hustle. Have you guys seen the trailer for that? Yeah, it's the one with... Uh, Anne Hathaway and Anne Rebel Hathaway. Wilson. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was actually surprisingly funny because, I mean, Rebel Wilson is a riot. I love her. Right. Like, it doesn't matter what she does. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was actually really funny. And I liked it overall. I mean, it, yeah. I'm looking forward to It Chapter 2. I haven't seen oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. When freaking... When Jonathan showed me the trailer, I'm like, oh, man, it's so good. <laughs> oh, my God. The trailer was so good. Oh, man. It is oh such a good goodness. job. Oh, my goodness. So good. Oh, my God. The trailer. Oh, I watched it, and, like, I was, like, eating lunch while I was watching it. And then I literally had to put my food down because I was like, this is too good. Like, I, I, I have to watch this. Um, but the, that trailer, oh, God, it was so good. I'm very, very excited for it. Have you guys seen the trailer for The Farewell with Aquafina in it? Yeah, yeah, you posted it to the... Oh, I posted it, I think. To okay, the oh, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited for that. I think that's going to be a really good film. Yeah, I hear really good things about it. I think it premiered at Sundance or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for that. Or to see it, wherever it comes out on. All right, uh, I think that's pretty much it, right? You guys want to anything else or i think that's pretty much it for this episode yeah i think that's it too thank you both for um taking a chance on love simon i know you didn't love it jess but <laughs> oh i, I really so enjoyed it though it. i can tell you that <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't say i loved it but i really did enjoy it yeah, yeah definitely yeah it was, it was it, it's a good film in my opinion so. yeah thanks thanks for sharing appreciate it yeah of course well okay. this has been the outside story i'm jonathan I'm Jessica. And I'm Larry. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time.